0: let's go binge town how we feeling today it's your boy dave here and i am joined by fellow binge town co-host luke and it is our absolute pleasure today to be discussing amazon prime's hit animated superhero show invincible i want to first start by saying if it wasn't obvious by the title of this podcast we were going to be covering this show in groups of two episodes we're a little late on this recording but according to us it's right on schedule but Just to let everyone know, our next recording will drop when episode 4 airs. So we have episodes 1 and 2 today, 3 and 4 when episode 4 airs. Just wanted to put that out there just so everyone is aware. Also getting into our Invincible backgrounds, Luke and I are strictly show watchers, so we have no source material. Everything that we discuss will solely be based on our show knowledge. I, for one, was a huge Invincible fan when season 1 dropped. I thought Omni Man, Invincible himself, they were all fantastic characters. It was just a great spin off to the, the generic, like, superhero show that we're used to, used to seeing with Marvel. So I absolutely loved where season one left us. Um was so excited to get into season two. To me, this and the boys which coincidentally is also on amazon prime maybe not coincidentally it's just the best but these are by far away the best superhero shows to me out there right now it's not even close and i am so excited to now be bringing this to the pod season one we were in discussions of bringing to the podcast we weren't entirely too sure but now that it has solidified itself as one of the goaded animated shows that is out there right now we want we had to cover it for season two but in regards to these two episodes specifically Episode one was exactly what I needed to get me personally back into the invincible hype. Great intro to some new characters that we're seeing a great new plot that's being introduced. I was a little bit worried with the exclusion of Omni-Man and where this was going to be going in season two, because in season one, he was such a critical part of season one. I was just was not sure how they were going to get to season two, but from what I saw episodes one and two, I got super hype episode one, definitely a little bit more so than two. I think two was more of like a, Plot setter and tone setter for the overall season, but episode one was fantastic. I'll stop talking and let Luke get his quick thoughts on the uh, first two episodes as well.
1: Yeah, so you covered pretty much everything I wanted to hit. We don't do a lot of two-person podcasts like this, and it's mostly because there's so many of us, there's so many different shows we cover, but you can tell this is a little bit of a passion project for me and Dave. So it's going to probably be a little bit quicker and less analytical than our normal podcast coverage. It's more for fun. Just we like we love this show so much. We've both seen season one multiple times. I think I rewatched it like a week ago just to prepare for season two. And it is just as damn good as I remember. It's just the writing is so freaking there. Like, I know it has source material to pull from, so that's a huge part of it. But like, my God, the cast, the voice cast might be the best of any show ever made like you should look it up if you don't know already but there's some star power behind these voices that we're now growing to really love and just like you said omni-man like he is basically as captivating as homelander is in the boys and that's like one of my favorite characters of all time on tv movies video games whatever it is Mm -hmm. like the amazing voice cast the great bad guy villain lead all mixed together with like how the modernized take of shows with like dark plot lines like they're not afraid to kill people which is always going to be something that I love like all of that combined with their satisfying plot twists that some may seem a little bit more predictable some are coming out of left field it just combines to be one of my favorite animated shows of all time and then yeah so we're going to be breaking this down kind of just a little bit more of a wing it uh mood than we usually have on this podcast but we'll get you there and we'll bring up all the quotes and all the cool spots we're just not going to be as in tune with like predictions because like Dave said we didn't we don't have any source material um exposure so this is going to just consider it like a rook's watch right like a rookie watch going through exactly (laughs) we're just kind of taking it as we get it so all that being said I do want to just say we're going to start walking through episode one if you're ready
0: I'm so ready because this intro scene was wild
1: how we're going to do this I'll probably just queue up a few couple groupings of scenes we'll talk about it whatever we want and then predictions things we like quotes whatever you know normal stuff so We'll see where that conversations lead us. But yeah, so episode one, titled A Lesson for Your Next Life. And damn, right? Like, we just start <laughs> off, and I'm just jumping ahead right, right away, saying like an alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, The Viltrum Empire basically already took over Earth in this timeline. They're killing everybody. I think Rex uh is already implied to be dead, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. There's like this resistance group mm-hmm led by eve and um is it just then the uh there's the real robots <laughs> real body still there like there's so much going on of all of our people that we we met from season one that were just like and what? the new character angstrom yes exactly okay and then obviously the key component of this episode in this build-up is this new guy angstrom who has just one of the most op abilities ever just basically multiversal jumping and that just times so fucking well with Everything that's going on right now, Marvel, like the Marvel TV shows, well, it's, the movies, all of it—like this—is just like what it is now is multiverse. This is going to
0: hurt Marvel so much because I am already way more invested into Angstrom than I ever probably will be with Kang, and it's mm-hmm. such a shame because I feel like that's obviously kind of to me. It feels like this character is completely based off of Kang. The ability—I mean, obviously, Kang is a normal human who powers the ability to time travel and like dimension jump, essentially. But this guy is actually born with that ability, which like you said, just completely broken that he's able to travel dimensions. And was it 100% confirmed that he cannot travel within his own? Like, he can't just, like, portal in his world. He has to, like, portal somewhere to a different dimension and then portal back to that one, right? That's
1: a good question. Because the
0: ballers were like, oh, like, we noticed, like, you can only... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you're you right. Can't... They did this they, they today. Like, the, so there's a
0: slight limit, but who cares? Like, if you're just able to portal to another dimension and then just portal back to the one that you're at, it doesn't really... It's just an extra step. but right. yeah. He's
1: just the biggest catalyst of the yeah. whole plot line. He's going to be the backbone of season two, I'm assuming, because of the end of season one and he becomes a villain and hates mm-hmm. Invincible. I'm assuming he's going to be a finale of season two kind of death thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe even mid-season and build up to Omni-Man coming back with the actual Viltramites, But regardless, this is just it gripped me like right away. Like I love this, this sort of stuff. Like this alternate version of Eve is like a badass. She's like cut off. She's Mm -hmm. got no hair. Like she looks, she looks scarred. Like these guys have seen it. And what really threw me off was seeing robots, real body again, or Rudy's real. I don't know if we call him, what do we call him? Rudy robot. We can call him Rudy now since he's a human, I guess. That is
0: something that was like, kind of just like slipped my mind very casually from season one. You probably remembered it a little bit more. You just rewatched it, but that for me, took a second for me to click on that
1: one. So, some things to just point out here while we're like just jump starting this um, episode one, like Dave, you haven't watched that mid season one, mid season two, or the, the in between season one and two special no. with Adam Eve. So first of all, if you haven't, I didn't even know about it, but go oh out there God. and watch it. Amazon put it out there. It's just like a prequel backstory of Adam Eve.
0: I got the first 10 minutes and I was actually watching that killing time before yeah. we started. And so I got the backstory of like, she's not, she's adopted essentially, or like, she's not, her parents aren't her real parents is what right. I gathered.
1: The reason I bring it up is because that little side project that they did in between seasons did so much for for Eve as like a character for me. Like first they flesh out her powers so much more, explain how important she is. She's basically Scarlet Witch, but on steroids, like even better. Mm. And that's just one of the best things about this show is they're so shamelessly like just stealing from marvel and dc by design like that's the point of it and then you even brought up kang already which i have comments like basically the council of kang's is a thing like later yeah, like when they show him in the room yeah that was exactly where it's i was thinking just, it's so funny because it's like both satirical but then also the writing is so clean and good that it just it works and then we'll obviously talk about night city being gotham in for our episode two stuff yeah. but yeah this was just such a great opening you see like mark and omni-man are just the worst, like this is how we find out later. Like this is this is how the majority of timelines go, which makes our timeline even more interesting. But this is all set up just to have Angstrom and Angstrom, Angstrom Angstrom leave this universe in search of basically trying to save the multiverse, kind of like Kang did originally.
0: Yeah, my thoughts going into it when we first open up with like immortal and invincible fighting immediately i'm kind of just like okay like you know training session you know they're talking a little bit of shit back and forth you know immortal obviously hates omni-man and i can see why he would hate invincible himself too just being the son of omni-man maybe questioning him so i just thought we were opening up with a training session but you kind of you're watching them fight a little bit Mm -hmm. you can tell they're serious as hell and then (laughs) omni-man shows up and i'm sitting here like what the fuck but If you saw the trailer, you kind of knew that the route where we're headed is the multiverse a little bit here. And so it clicked for me that, okay, this is definitely a different dimension. And like you said, I thought it was an interesting take that the one that we are familiar with, the universe that we are familiar with, that that was an anomaly essentially, Mm -hmm. in that Mark most of the time teamed up with Omni Man after getting the shit kicked out of him. I think it probably Omni Man's speeches probably just reached him. Just Mark probably realized how strong he was and just how pitiful humans are and just kind of decided to join up and maybe saw the overall goal of this will be good for us, even though we're slaughtering thousands of you for the time being. But what an intro, it's, man.
1: They are just so uh what's the word I'm looking for? Terrifying when they have just no emotions mm-hmm. and they're just like casually like having Mark on Omni Man's side is horrifying because they are just like they are just casually talking about like what are we doing for dinner basically while they're just mass murdering everybody. And the reason that's not like that in our universe is because they're not on the same side like omni-man can't just casually kill mark he's a viltrumite so i mean he probably could but you know what i mean like it's just it's just crazy realizing that what the force what sort of force they would be together Mm -hmm. and like they literally straight up say to everybody once they break into the rebel hideout they say since you're all part of the resistance we need to kill you all yeah even though
0: they like kind of like roll over the tv screen was playing in the background over and over it's like i know you guys think we're assholes for taking over your planet so we've already been implied that there's nothing left for this planet. Essentially. It seems like the takeover has happened. This was probably the finishing blow to it. But what the touch that I really love on this is that Mark was like still himself, you know, like he was like cracking jokes. Like he was, he had like that human in him still a little bit, but at the same time, the Viltrum side of him just completely took over and he wasn't afraid. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. When he snaps Eve's neck and he's just like, Oh, I didn't kill her. I just paralyzed her the neck down. It's just like, this guy is fucked up in the head.
1: I wrote that down because (laughs) that was just brutal. Like, that's what the show does so good when it wants to be brutal. It leans all the way in. And yeah, like that's what he does. He just snaps her neck. She will never be
0: able to use her powers ever again, which is exactly what Mark wanted. He's like, and again, going into what I was just talking about is that like, he makes the comment of, you know, I can visit her in the hospital, like not realizing that this woman still hates his guts probably. So phenomenal intro. I just, Nothing less from Invincible Season 2 opening, you know?
1: And the good thing, which this is a total prediction by me, I don't really know. It does seem like this multiverse plotline is going to be self-contained. It's not going to be like Marvel. I don't think we're like, it opens the floodgates where this is a thing forever now. Every movie going forward in Marvel, they're probably going to be, pull. you know, they can pull whoever they want. They want Robert Downey Jr. back. They can do that. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think once we deal with Angstrom as a villain, I think it's Mm going to be like a self-contained thing, which makes the writing a little bit cleaner in the long term and i hope they they keep that way because i don't want to really follow marvel that much to a t yeah but this is like a good start so that's all the stuff we get from the opening just of the different timeline there is going to be a split like i how i have the rest of this episode kind of written down is just like the twins and angstrom and all their stuff are going to be by themselves and then pretty much everything else because they're not really connected too much until the end which will combine there so Mm -hmm. let's jump into the real mark that we got to know shout out to glenn from the walking dead Mm. so i like this because we find out pretty quickly it's been a month since omni-man's left he's been gone from earth for that long you can fill in the gaps of what you think he's doing is he coming back with the army i don't really know Mm. but it's nice because we did see mark going through like a montage of saving people And I think that that was just good to show that he has subtly been getting more and more comfortable with his powers. He's getting a resume of villains he's beaten. Like he's just growing casually. And this is all done cleanly in like five minutes of screen time. So that was a good start Mm -hmm. for the real world.
0: Yeah. He beats the shit out of a a super villain, you know, stops the carjacking. And just like you said, all in a matter of like five minutes. So we can clearly see the growth of his character from last season. I know Mark is definitely still going to be getting his ass kicked for a very long time. He's still young. I think they mentioned that he's Barely eighteen or not even eighteen, so it, it makes sense that must, his character. Since he applied for he, college, he probably he be seventeen 18. or eighteen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just awesome seeing that that growth a little bit. Even though when we do get down to you know some tougher villains, he still struggles. But like these these side characters, the villains of the week. If you want to shout out Spider Man across the universe, you know they're nothing for him now.
1: But they're even better than villains of the week because like they reuse. It might be in the next episode they reuse um Se- seismic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He was kind of cool, man. I I thought he was pretty strong. And- And another thing I really didn't like stick with me until I watched it through the second time is how well they show the effects of the world after like these villains of the week happen. Like if you think back to last season, if you remember the the crazy college evil genius dude that made that was torturing people and making them like cyber humans. Mm -hmm. Once Cecil and the government got a hold of that technology, they applied it to their own form of defense and that just they didn't like make it like a plot point or anything really it just kind of was a thing so they they use that shit so well that it just goes back to writing like i think this is one of the best written shows that i've seen in a long time and that's probably where all my compliments are gonna i'm just gonna keep harping on it because i love there's no plot holes yet like and everything kind of makes sense and it's all satisfying and they have enough plot twist that keeps you on your toes it's just it's just great to see yeah but anyway just to move on to some other things i want to ask you your opinion about because we've you already kind of hinted at it, but it looks like Mark and Amber are just full on still together at the beginning of the season, like nothing really happened too much. She's a little bit more accepting. And Mark's whole thing is that he just wants to make up for all the deaths that happened because Omni-Man, and, but Cecil doesn't want him back yet. So like that's this piece. And I just want to ask, like I'm on team. I don't like Amber.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I just, you know, you see all the clips on Twitter, like when the trailer came out and Mark It's the trailer clip of him saying like, you're too good for me. And like all the comments are just like, Mark, you're too good for Amber, like all shitting on Amber. Yeah. I'm not going to say I like her quite yet. She's fine, but I can definitely see the reasons for the hate. I mean, she's just a hypocrite. You know, she's like, give me attention. And it's like, oh, go save the world. But like, also give me attention.
1: I was pissed when she when we found out she knew. And was still mad at him for going to save the world. Like at the end of season one, that's when I was just gone with Amber.
0: Her character just doesn't really make sense. She's just a hypocrite. So as of right now, I'm not gonna say like I hate her, but like I can understand why there's the hate for her.
1: Also, I'm so pulling for Adam Eve and, and Mark to oh, together. I
0: mean, so, especially after seeing that
1: Adam Eve episode, I'm sure you're even more into her. That's that's gonna be the lens I view this whole podcast through. Is I'm trying to break Amber up, and I want I Eve like, in there. That is probably gonna be one of like I feel like
0: the long term plot points of this show is Mark's love life because you know he's dabbled with both Adam Eve and. Uh, Amber it feels like and, and, and what we've seen in superhero shows you know it's hard for a superhero to date a regular person so it would make sense if Mark and Eve could just like link up and just be superhero couple sign
1: it yeah but <laughs> that's who good knows. I, mean,
0: I just feel like that is one of the, the long things like there is definitely some sexual tension between oh yeah though.
1: I mean she was into it until she came back in season one like when she broke up with Rex she was went to his house yeah and then he was hooking up with Amber yeah. for the first time which I was pissed about because also a, a opinion I have that's pretty strong is I just hate Rex explode and I'll put it out. Yeah. Let me just say also though, that uh, Rex played by Jason meant mm-hmm. I love him. So like he's Jay from big mouth. Yeah. He's in um, the league, like the fantasy, the fantasy football yeah. show. I love this dude. I think he's hilarious. I just think it's so doesn't fit in this show. And I also think his character just kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. Rex is just the asshole character. It's just his, Something about the voice just doesn't fit yeah, at all for me. Like, comedy, I think he's supposed dude, dude. to be a comedy yeah. character, but the voice just doesn't feel like a superhero voice, and it just doesn't really fit for me. And I agree. Like every time he speaks on screen, I'm just—it's
1: like a cringy kind of like yeah. it takes you out of it a little bit. But yeah, that that's my
0: only it. complaint, probably, of the whole show. And that's not even like the worst thing. You
1: know? Yeah, I, I I don't care that much about it. It's more about I just because like I didn't want even him together, and then I uh, want yeah. Mark and Amber uh, together, so. Whatever, maybe Amber and Rick Spload should hook up. <laughs> okay, a couple more things. This, and then we're pretty much done with the first episode of like Mark's storyline until the end. Is just the Guardians are pretty much struggling out there. They don't have real leadership. Cecil keeps calling them like amateurs, basically because Rudy, who's now old robot, love his voice actor, by the way. Um, Zachary Quinto, he's I he's doing named- a
0: great job too of kind of still incorporating that monotone robotic voice and not really having emotions. And you can kind of hear his voice developing emotions as a human, which is really,
1: have you looked, do you know who plays him? Like, have you seen his, I haven't seen it. He's the bad guy from heroes is where I originally met him from Skylar. I think his name is, he's just great. He's in a bunch of things too. But anyway, like I said, star soda cast there. The more important thing is, yeah, so the Immortal gets called in. He's now going to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you a question about that in a second. And then also they add this new guy bulletproof to the team. And then the last piece is just Robot gets to stay on the team, which obviously that had to happen. So my question is, the Immortal's just Wolverine. Right? Like he physically looks like Wolverine. He has the healing like Wolverine and lives forever like Wolverine. I, I honestly, I don't know. Is that, does he not physically look I don't like think- him?
0: I mean okay uh, yes and the color schemes there obviously too but have we actually seen him super heal? I feel like the Ooh, only yeah, he reason he got his head
1: cut off before.
0: Yeah but like they did some like s- it felt like to me they did more like sciency stuff to bring him back to life more so than it was like his ability to just heal.
1: I just think his name is the immortal cuz he can't die. That's cuz I mean he, I agree but I like we got that montage of him straight up out of Wolverine origins if you remember of him going living through every war like from the medieval yeah. times like he like wolverine did that in the origins too like that's the thing is he just can't die which i didn't really know that when i thought omni man ripped his head off the first time like i thought he was just
0: dead and he was like buried back he was legitimately buried and they unburied his body and then put him in like this goku soup stain chamber and then he was alive so he might not have come back yeah i don't know that's what like i think to me i guess if you like put his parts back together they might heal sure with maybe some extra science to it so I think in that sense he's immortal I don't really get it either to be honest it's a little confusing but that's how they I They
1: don't it. really go too much into the details because again we've
0: ours like we see like him like here. in the beginning like both of his arms are broken by Omni-Man but like they don't heal necessarily you know yeah. like Wolverine's healing so it's it's a little bit of a gray area for me on like the immortal like I get he's supposed to be immortal what does that mean
1: you know don't I do like him as a character yeah, yeah, though definitely. because he's literally the only one from the last Guardians that's still alive mm-hmm. and so he's He has this thing against mark and omni-man which that comes back up later
0: my only other comment too is from immortals introduction is i will say rex's quotes here were really funny when he's just like oh like you guys totally planned this intro you know you came in at the right time like that was so cool and then he's like bulletproof like Wonder what your power is, and it was like okay. That was that was. He kind has of moments. Yeah, he I'm has not gonna moments.
1: say he's like the worst character, but he definitely
0: ever. holds back a lot of our main characters. Yeah.
1: Plus, like his power isn't that. It's
0: he's like, how uh, is it that helpful in this world? Who's the guy from the Suicide Squad? In Polka Dot? remember? Like he just like yeah. throws like it Better is
1: Mister Five from One Piece or whatever. The the guy who flicks his boogers?
0: Mister, Th- I think it was Mister Three
1: actually. No, Three is the one Oh,
0: Three is duh. Yeah.
1: Um. Anyway. Let's talk about, I guess, before we switch over to the twins, the last two things I just had written down were just uh, Debbie, the mom, she, and uh, I don't remember, Red, what was Flash? Oh, no. oh, what, yeah, but what was Flash's name, Red? Red, Red. Uh, red. Was it Red <laughs> Flash? I was going to say Red Flash, but there's no way. Well, let me see
0: if it's here. here. I God think... damn it, don't. Red. It was the red, red rocket. No, definitely not <laughs> red rocket. Invincible. Not red rocket. It's definitely not red rocket. Red rush. That's, red that's, rush. That's totally cool. Alliteration. There you See, go. This is what we're talking about. At the beginning of the pod.
1: We're we're just here face value, man. We don't remember anything. So Red Rush's ex, or I guess widow. I don't know if they are married or whatever. And Debbie. Or grieving together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about Debbie later. She pretty much is just going through it These both these episodes. Yeah, I really don't
0: have much to say besides the fact that she's just going through it. And I, obviously, I understand where her grief and anger is coming from. I mean, sh- she was married for 20 years, and they said, you know, Omni-Man I literally just called her a pet. Mm-hmm. So that would piss me off. And so that's really it for her story, but yeah. get where she's coming
1: from. And then Mark and Eve catch up. For the first time this episode, they just kind of like talk, and then eventually Mark gets the okay to be able to join the guardians behind the scene for Cecil.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh okay so let's switch because also gets into college him and Amber oh I might have missed that
1: yes you're right they opened up the um the letters to Jesus I even had it written down earlier Godolkin University <laughs> <laughs> University whatever okay so we're going to move over to the twins the Maulers who um, they're not even twins they're clones the Maulers <laughs> I fucking love these guys I just want you to put it out there I did not think they were going to be nearly as important when they were first introduced I think it's the pilot in episode mm-hmm. one it's just amazing because not only when you find out like their cloning process how cool that is and how strong they are their intelligence makes them relevant still they're not just a they're not just a bad guy of the week like they have been used multiple mm-hmm. times like the robot use them in schemes you're led to believe that is... they are exactly the and weeks. dude they turn out to be they're some of my favorite characters they're just oh, funny yeah. as fuck they hate each other are the clones. <laughs> yeah exactly and when we find out that they literally make it So they don't know which one's the real one or else like they'll go crazy basically like that's just such a cool little point. But anyway, so the twins, they're going to be the backbone of the angstrom storyline for episode one. So a lot of that kind of goes down here, right? Like we see them where we left off with them. They're back in the prison. Um, Some Rick and Morty style portals open up angstrom steps through and he actually helps them. Does a little bit of an info dump. Says like, emo- like talking about the universe is what he's really trying to go for. How Mark and Nolan team up in the majority of other universe timelines, which we already hinted at. And then he has an amazing speech. I didn't write too much of it down, but he has an incredible speech about the value of his powers and how he's essentially the Prometheus of the multiverse. Like he wants to give. All right, this this universe has a cure to cancer. I'll give you this. All right, this universe has flying cars. I'll switch it. Like it's just such a great idea. And then this leads directly into us meeting the council of Kangs, like all of the other Angstroms that he pulled together that all have the knowledge from the different universes. And he wants the Maulers to combine them or to combine all their memories into the main Angstrom. Because I think we also find out that only the main Angstrom can portal hop. Not every version of him can do it, but he was the one that brought them all together so he can get all their memories and basically cure the universe, save the multiverse.
0: Yeah. It's better than just individually interviewing each one of himself one by one, getting his knowledge. He'd rather just quickly steamrolled into yeah. one it's one plot.
1: And then, like, he offers them the deal, like, you help us, we'll put you in any universe you want, and the Maulers want to go to a universe with no superheroes, and everyone thinks they're gods, which is just right on... And good food. right? And yeah, good and food. good food, right on cue with them. Yeah. Uh, so anything else that you took away from just, like, the initial meeting of his council before Invincible gets there?
0: Not really. I honestly, for a second, when he said meet the family, I legitimately thought he was going to say, like, we're all maulers essentially like these this is what our human form looks like but that obviously doesn't check out like he would have been you know super strong not had the ability for who knows but i was kind of expecting that like the maulers to be actually clones of angstrom which i guess isn't like necessarily like out of the question but yeah kind of like what i was saying earlier we had an understanding of angstrom's powers they were talking about like how they broke out because he had the portal it sounded like exactly where they were like they were him in his wasteland universe its portal from a crater to basically break them out so i'm not sure maybe i took that wrong i'm not too sure but just some more clarification on his powers so you think
1: bit. it's like where he is is where he ends up in that universe uh, I, that's that what I kind of makes
0: sense but that's only what i gathered is like because that's why they were saying like that's why you had to bring us to this location is because that's like where we were yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's like totally this crater it.
0: we're in the middle yeah. of nowhere we have to walk to these other places not just portal so yeah i'm not 100 percent sure on that but that's just how i gathered it to be that's the only real comments i have Again, it makes it
1: better rather than him being like rick from rick and more just teleporting wherever he wants oh, yeah, whenever yeah, he yeah. wants that kind of makes him a little it's op more controlled yeah like i was saying the whole plan to get the maulers to build this this machine for him like he kind of started it, but he needed them to finish it because it's their expertise, and they're gonna combine all of these memories into the main one and also allow him to retain the knowledge that he is the main one. Mm-hmm. So while the process is kicking off, of course, like Invincible shows up under Cecil's orders. Uh, and then this is where like a cool moment happens where that he summons all of the other different versions of the Maulers. Like every single other episode, Mark gets the fucking shit beat out of him. He <laughs> always is getting Deer the living death. shit. Kicked out of him.
0: The two swollen eyes that are just like black and blue, just missing teeth. The classic look of how he was at the end of season one.
1: It's just <laughs> insane. Like he, he he constantly is taking L's, but because one, he's a filter, might he's good.
0: Our one buddy who like loves Invincible Die Hard, reads the comics and everything legitimately says like for 500 chapters it's just invincible mm-hmm. just getting the shit kicked out I'm of it and, and it's fine i mean it's totally fine because i mean each villain that we get introduced to they are genuinely really strong and again mark is just so young and inexperienced that he just gets his ass kicked
1: yeah so like the whole fight goes down and eventually they're gonna kill invincible again it's cool that they don't always just make the good guys win like that like he was gonna die mm-hmm. and then angstrom takes off the helmet Messed up the whole process, causes a huge explosion and like deforms himself into this super villain where he has like this huge brain and all that, all that's going on. So this is just the kickoff of our main villain of season two. But I think you're supposed to assume for five minutes that the OG Maulers died, Angstrom died, pretty much everybody there except for Invincible died, right? Yeah. Because of the explosion. And then you do see at the very end that both uh, did both the og twins live or just the one just the one just the one who was probably going to go clone himself again either way
0: doesn't really matter yeah as long as there's one of them he's going to live yeah
1: and then that leads to um angstrom giving the whole supervillain speech saying like i hate invincible like all he can think about is all of the other omni man and nolan's like come like across all the other timelines how he's way more bad than good and because of the explosion it kind of just internalizes into a vendetta against our boy mark
0: this has been one of the big themes of this season to me that I've been noticing is pointing of the finger. Whose fault is it? You know, mm-hmm. um, the whole thing about Omni Man destroying the the you know, you know, killing all those innocent people. People like kind of put that on Mark a little bit, and Mark's like, you know, I'm not my father, and like there's just all this finger pointing, and it's like, and Mark too, even in these moments in episode two when he's saving people, everyone's like, look, you did what you needed to do, it's not your fault. And here Angstrom is giving the speech. He's like he did this to me like yeah. this is all Invincible's fault I look like this because Invincible didn't it's like well it was your plan mm-hmm. you got the help of two villains to help you out who they're on the radar of all the superheroes so like yes Mark I guess directly was the cause of this but like you wouldn't have been put in this situation if you just didn't do all this Yeah, you know? they just needed it's a the finger pointing to
1: hate yeah. okay we'll move into the next episode but the last two things that happen are just uh, the immortal confronted Mark and is very suspicious naturally uh, i don't think there's really a conversation there and then the last thing is mark and debbie talk for a second kind of like grieve together a little bit and then there you go uh upstate university is where the letters upstate, yes. they both get accepted updates uh amber and mark do so that's just episode one it was a great way to kick off the season kind of get you comfortable with all of our characters where this season's headed because I didn't know if Omni-Man was just going to show back up in episode one, and like I didn't know how a story could build Mm -hmm. if he just comes back right away with the Viltrumites. That seems like either an end-of-the-season thing or at least the second half of the season. Right. I'm fine with focusing on Angstrom for now. Definitely. Yeah. All right, man. Let's move on. To episode two. Uh, this is in about six hours. I lost my virginity to a fish is the name of this episode. <laughs> the only thing that makes this one weird covering is the Martian that we get introduced to who kind of has scenes throughout. I'll just cover two of his intro scenes here and then he comes back into play obviously later. But just to pick up like with this guy, he was from episode or season one. Like he was one of the people that Mark encountered when he went to Mars with all the astronauts. How this goes, which is interesting i didn't see this coming is like the astronauts that went to mars want to exterminate the martian martian species and then you find out he's shape-shifting and he's basically just martian manhunter like literally from the dc even though the guardians martian manhunter died but he sees the guardians version of the martian man and basically on tv and gets super inspired by it so that like Mm -hmm. becomes this whole thing
0: Yeah, honestly, it took me, I I probably should have taken your word for it and watched season one again, because I'm definitely confused on where we had last left Martian. I had to look it up, but definitely took me a second to process like, okay, this is not the one we know. It's just they all kind of look alike. Yeah. And this guy actually, while most Martians seem to be evil, this one has some good intentions, it feels like.
1: They just never waste those one-off feeling episodes. Like, the Martian episode felt like a one-off side quest. But comes back to be yep. this important like it just <laughs> that's, its so genius yep, yep that's yeah. what
0: makes the show so great yeah
1: so he doesn't come back until the end in the form of shapesmith right shapesmith yeah. Yeah, or, yes. yeah so that's really all we get in the beginning he seems like a good dude i'm rooting for this martian he wants to help yep. he wants to basically be accepted by earth just like the last martian mm-hmm. so that we will pick up with him when we get there but let's just flow through some of this episode a lot of it is just mark centered i'll kind of just go through and we'll talk about whatever but this is like a amazing Spider-Man two moment here where like graduation's going on and yeah, where's yeah. Mark at <laughs> Amber's actually being understanding for once, So I did give her a little, little brownie yeah, point for one this time. Anyway. Probably, She's like, I'll be here. I'll be here. Yeah. Uh, but I'll let you talk about whatever you want, because the whole thing that's distracting him right now is he got called to Washington DC to fight Dr. Seismic. Who's trying to get revenge on the world for every, basically taking resources from the world so meaning he hates everything that's not made of wood because yeah. like, you can keep wood. <laughs> yeah, <that> was so <laughs> random. I just I mean,
0: it was a great scene again. Just Mark struggling a little bit like Doc Seismic. I love that name to be honest too. Just again these villains not. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop calling them villains of the week after this, but they're not because they're not. Yeah. But like these villains of the week that you just think have no meaning in episode like season one, and they keep they kept highlighting him too in you know last season or mm-hmm. last episode on Invincible. So like. I'm honestly, I might be setting my expectations a little too high, but I, again, don't think this will be the last we see of Doc Seismic no. at all. And he proves to be pretty formidable. I love his like cuffs or whatever they are that just like cause like seismic explosions like whenever they clash or whatever it is. It's really cool. And I thought, you know, him, him calling the Washington Monument like phallic was really funny. <laughs> just like you got a giant penis here.
1: And he had the coolest like backstory of what happened in between him getting thrown. He's like, yeah, like I was down there and I got new friends, like just the molten people. And that's one of the other cool thing about the invincible world is anything like fantasy or superhero. Any of the stereotypes exist in this world Like we got, Mm -hmm. we're talking aliens, we're talking molten monsters, like whatever you want, yeah like there's um what's the thing from pacific rim called the kaijus or Ka- uh, yeah kaijus like like, they exist. Yeah. like it's just all these things they can just use whatever they want whenever it's convenient
0: to be honest when we got in, i'm jumping the gun a little bit here but when we got into the uh dark wings village or the town uh night city night city we see like a skeleton hanging from one of the buildings i legitimately was like zombies like they yeah. could easily just be zombies for oh, whatever reason. Been. yeah because yeah, yeah. it looked like it was a zombie but we'll yeah. see about that but
1: and then this is a stupid thing that i love but after like mark deals with seismic they all graduate whatever then what happens is that they go to eve's house in the woods and they're just like hanging out like i would do anything just that house is so cool they're just casually drinking the What's four of that todd? know um geez i should know amber it's it's amber eve mark and i think it's todd i
0: can't a yeah, 100% you know. prefer, uh, confirm that but I just love like he's just us he's just like i love having superhero friends
1: he's just so much less trustworthy though like he's like willing to just spoil, like he almost spoils it like four times the secret but luckily oh, yeah, like yeah. eve new avenue knew, like all that stuff he's an idiot but yeah like he's just a good he's a guy humanizing he's, character he's gonna be the guy in the chair basically <laughs> yeah, yeah but her house is awesome
0: oh uh, the fact that she's just like touching flowers and they just become beer and <laughs> then gives mark a virgin daiquiri or whatever the hell it was like yeah she legitimately has i mean i always say teleporting is like the go-to ability for me personally but this has got to be just
1: like reality manipulation she can do whatever she wants
0: this is yeah stronger than any reality manipulation just because it's so easy for her to do it like Mm -hmm. she just touches or looks at something and it's just there
1: so let's just jump and do eve's like isolated scenes here where Mm -hmm. she's trying to save the world without it being like a combat thing like she's trying to just do good for the world so she goes to chicago um, To help out with like I think they said like the fires or whatever she has this good moment where she saves his parents and these uh, a mom and a daughter and fixes the apartment and then like tries to do more and like makes that whole community center right it's all good then she goes home. And her parents suck. And you got to watch the Adam Eve special because, like, you'll hate them even more. Really? Because oh, at
0: first, like they're the worst. Because, like, in the first 10 minutes, they're like, everything's good. You know, they're loving their daughter. They're raising her. So I didn't. And obviously, I've only seen the 10 minutes. So it's not like I know where it goes. But She,
1: she hasn't been living with them, basically. Mm-hmm. since, Like, since, the, since she left, like, she's just basically, like, cut them off.
0: Like, her father specifically to no end pisses me the fuck off. Dude, she gives
1: him a pure gold apple and he says no. Like, dude, grow up. I'm the man of the house. I have to provide. It's (laughs) like, shut the
0: fuck up, man. Like, If you are handed that, just take it. And he's like, it's all fake. You don't even know your daughter at all. I hate this man so much. I'm
1: just done with them. If I'm her, I'll never see I mean, again. The,
0: between the boys and this, if you're a soup and you're the daughter and son of non-soups, your, your life just sucks. Your parents just basically hate you.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she, Cause of the dad shows her the, the newspaper from Chicago and she didn't realize like she basically caused a sinkhole, a sinkhole because it wasn't like good foundation, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just adding more nuance to like Eve can't just see everything through rosy, t- rose tinted glasses. Like she needs to be realistic about things.
0: And the fact that the father gets the last word too as she's leaving, he's like, don't come back until you get control of your past. It's like, sh- I, yeah, just, yeah, just reality it so that he just doesn't have a.
1: Match. I don't understand why she even goes back at all. But anyway, I don't either. Um, the mother, it's got to be it. Debbie and Mark have another scene, and all I just write is just like they're both just struggling. Like they don't know how to deal with Nolan being gone and how he fucked their whole lives up. Uh, do you I, have anything I, else? Cause
0: I like both of these characters. Obviously, you know, Debbie, just a nice woman, just the victim of a horrible incident, as well as Mark. And uh, like Mark's angsty teenage self is coming out here because, you know, the mom is trying to help both of them out. But I think Cecil says it best like you got to help yourself out before you can help Mark. And I think that issue is causing a little bit more tension it's just painful to watch them
1: like just where's her story like Noah, though
0: i don't really know like i think Olga's going to have a big part in this like with her like i think like just these these victims the wives of these victims are i think they're going to have some kind of purpose i really don't know it's kind of like the soups anonymous thing
1: in the yeah, voice like yeah, the people kinda. that affect
0: it by being near soups i just don't know what the foundation is for debbie's plot line because she is now at the point where she doesn't want Mark kind of working for Cecil anymore because she thinks Cecil is going to have him on a leash, treat Mark as if he will become Omni Man, mm-hmm. and so that pisses her off. I I really honestly don't know. I just it's just for me it just sucks because when Mark is most angry, it feels like now it is around his mother, and it just sucks because you know she's she's been through it too, Mark. So you gotta like you gotta be there for one another and
1: and also I'll just say it, which I don't even feel good about saying, is like obviously Debbie's storyline is just the least fun yeah because fun. it's just
0: so depressed it's depressing but
1: yeah it's just like i, again, I again need I just... something cool to happen with her like make her relevant i want her to like work with cecil like go all I in and like be a part headed a little bit it could be give her purpose like help support like mark in case omni-man comes back i feel like that would be a fun way to like use chevy
0: so in deep into the whole reality of the truth you know the whole world doesn't really they don't have, have the inside the,
1: view. Yeah. yeah. And
0: I, I just feel like sh- it's just a waste to have her kind of just sitting in the sidelines for now. I
1: Huge a- Sandra O, oh, like one of the bigger yeah. actors on this show. Like she's, <laughs> I think she's literally listed even above JK Simmons on the call oh, sheet, really? which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, according wild. to IMDb it is, which is wild. Cause JK is the man, but mm-hmm. okay. And then just last scene before we get to night or midnight city. Sorry. I said night city earlier. Mm-hmm. It's midnight city, which is even cooler mm-hmm. uh, before we get there. Cause I'm just going to gush about that. Just like conceptually. Uh, the last scene I thought was hilarious is Duplicate getting banged out by the immortal. And she's like mid conversation with Rex, and she's just like, ugh.
0: That is, <laughs> yeah, that is such a plus to be dating someone that can just yeah, duplicate yeah. themselves oh my god if you want to have a three-way four-way five-way duplicate can make it happen man i was <laughs> i did not know where that was going mm-hmm. and immortal walks out with just both yeah two kates on his arms i'm just like oh my god i'm team immortal over rex in this situation oh. for sure i mean i immortal is also kind of a dick but like rex is just an asshole so i mm-hmm. i'm definitely team immortal and kate <laughs> like they yeah. can just do their thing sure
1: All right, let's go. I've been, since I've seen this, I've been wanting to talk to it. I literally had to spoil it for you because I was so just Mm -hmm. mind blown how cool it is. Because if you think back to season one, one of the Guardians that um, pulled from DC was clearly uh, Darkwing. Okay, so Darkwing is the spoof of Batman. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, he's the one without the powers. He has all the gadgets and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cool that Cecil... Sends Mark to Darkwing's city and it's called Midnight City because it's obviously been undefended since since the Guardian's been gone. Mm-hmm. And when he flies over to it and you see it from far away, it's just like this bubble of night in the middle of the day. And it's, it's literally called Midnight City for that reason it's just so cool. The reason like behind it, they casually just say like a magician or something like made it dark one time. And now mm-hmm. it's perpetually at night. It's just Gotham. And it's the so fucking cool. Yeah. It's not just pure dark. It has like that red tint to it too. And essentially when Mark gets there night, boy, shows up who is robin like yeah. his nightwing is <laughs> yeah, literally that yeah. it's just so cool he has like this whole exoskeleton suit and he can phase into the shadow verse like this whole thing front to back was like one of my favorite like isolated scenes of the show just how cool that was like he put he pushes mark into the shadow verse he basically gets out of it because he's gonna threaten like there's things that live in the shadow verse it's just such a fucking dope scene and doesn't really amount to much but it's just showing that Mark has now gained Cecil's trust to actually get shit done. Mm-hmm. And it was just fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, I think Nightboy was honestly as much of a as a loser he kind of was. Like just re- like freaking out, like calling Mark Omni-Man, which, you know, totally uncalled for. But just like picture Batman with just like a little bit of superpowers to him. And it's just it's so cool. Like that Shadowverse thing was yeah. unbelievable. I, what again, was the last
1: thing that happened? Did he get knocked out? He just
0: got chopped and Cecil's yeah. like, all right, bring him over and we'll... You know Dude, talk. I really hope he comes back. Oh, I think that and the Shadowverse are both coming back. How about back.
1: Midnight City, too? Oh, all, all of, of it.
0: it. <laughs> all of it's coming back, <laughs> it's man. It's
1: such a good spot for things to happen. This is not
0: the end of Night... Like,
1: like no. Omni-Man and, and Mark in Season 4 can just be fighting and throwing each other through buildings and they end up in Midnight City for a second. Like That's just such a cool little world-building thing.
0: And especially if like, Night Boy has the advantage in this city, it just could yeah. play into so many... Uh, Abilities of just him helping he should be out. a
1: guardian, yeah, yeah.
0: He's just a little, it seems he's a little wet behind the ears. Like, he seems also very young as well. Like, if I had to guess, he was probably Mark's age,
1: yeah. I mean, that makes sense with it being Robin, yeah. Too. Like, yeah. cool. All right, we're making good progress here. I, um, want to say that we definitely should just at least talk. About, I don't know, have any opinions on this. Is it as simple as this next scene being Debbie showing up to talk to Cecil and seeing Donald alive? is it as simple as he just grabbed one from a different multiverse <laughs> or is <laughs> this guy not a human and it's like a grown thing oh uh, dude i mean because of
0: what we've been introduced to in season one and season two like there's no way for us to know like we've already been introduced to cloning we've already been introduced to multiverse like it could legitimately it could be
1: lab grown it could be yeah. any, it could be anything
0: my theory is is, I guess I, I think it's a clone for right now. He doesn't have the memories. It seems of him dying. It seems like he has memories of being Donald, and he knows who Debbie is. It's just he doesn't remember the death, and he was a little weirded out by Debbie's reaction of seeing him alive. Sure. So it's I'm into
1: the there. idea of it of the multiverse being a red herring. Like it's such a coincidence that they're showing it at this time. It's like most people are probably jumping to. He's a Donald from a different universe, and I don't want
0: it to be that. It's going to be something complicated. Like I don't think they would have just left it as this open. Cecil could have easily just been like, "Oh yeah, like we cloned him." Yeah, you know, he could have easily just told her, "There's no reason to hide that information." I think they have like an army of him. He's been a little sketchy, Cecil, to me. I think I don't. I think Omni. Not that I think Cecil's necessarily bad. I just think Omni Man fucked him up also mentally to the point where now he is also just like so untrusting of people and. Sure. Even though Debbie had those comments, like he gave her a weird side eye. So I don't know where he's going either.
1: Like Cecil feels like he's just always constantly thinking of ways to protect Earth, which he has to. But you're right. If he gets sketchy, it could be weird. Like, what if he has an army of Donald's just ready to go? And they all could be using the tech from they could. This is how he could be defending the world. I don't know. There's so many things. And I'm I'm really I'm more interested in this than I thought I would be Mm -hmm. like the whole Donald thing. Um, but we're definitely going to get answers.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, I'm just emphasizing the fact that I think it's just going to be a, it's just going to be more complicated than something as simple as just pulling him from another multiverse. Yeah.
1: So the last big thing that happens here, everything to do with Atlantis, right? Mm-hmm. In order to get there, we have that quick scene with Amber and Mark going to Vegas because he can't go to Europe because the Ripper's skin off. That's cool writing, like yeah. they could just transport her to Europe, whatever. He gets called in by Cecil to repay. The debt, or like the the crimes of Omni Man to the Atlanteans for having killed their king, Mm -hmm. all that to say, like he basically killed their Aquaman. Now he has to quote unquote marry the queen to kind of replace it. But we find out within four seconds that that tradition got replaced with trial by combat, and they have the Kraken as their representation of their of their fighting. And like this whole battle goes down, it's pretty cool. Cecil gets involved, like missiles come in, Invincible's getting his ass beat again, like he always is uh once cecil helps though like instead of leaving he decides to go back and and help out so there's a lot to really talk about here but i'll just last comment i'll say is like because it's animated it's so easy to make cool settings like we just went from midnight city now we're going to atlantis Mm. like they just look so cool and they can do whatever they want so
0: it's just such a great world to be a part of um my only thing is again just cecil shady shady man like he's been all these instances like Invincible shows up and he has these feelings of regret because you know he maybe didn't save some people or innocent like just basically more innocents are gonna die and this was in Atlantis and in whatever it was that other place that basically Cecil is always telling him like there's gonna be death just don't worry about it just go home listen to me and I'm not I'm not liking that I feel like Cecil has never really kind of been like that before up until now and again I think this all has to do with the fallout of Omni Man but yeah Cecil is legitimately the reason why these alanians are getting killed right now because he sets the bombs it mm-hmm. sets the kraken free and now the kraken is going around just killing all these elanians and again this is the finger pointing like cecil's like yeah it's not your fault mark you know they were gonna kill you they were they were all yeah. cheering for your death and mark's like fuck that like i get it they want they just want justice though and so just cecil being crazy but the fight was really awesome i was hoping to get a little bit more of like Aquatic physics, kind of here, like maybe something slows down Mark a little bit because they were kind of just
1: going out eating
0: each other like yeah. with ease through the water, which again might just be a testament to their strength. But I, I thought the design of this Kraken was just like really cool. It was definitely a badass. Do you like you the know?
1: Lord of the Rings moment they had when they, they push the Kraken in the hole? Oh, yeah. Everything's all good, yeah. and then and then he gets off and like the whip comes out yeah. and pulls him in. I was like, that's that's fucking sick.
0: The only other thing I was thinking of was the SpongeBob SquarePants movie when. I don't know if you remember this when they're getting like they're driving on this road that's just full of skull and bones, and they yeah. see like this ice cream shop of the grandma and, and she's it's like, like a
1: big ass. Yeah, it's yeah, a big yeah. ass fish. I'm just <laughs> that thinking. is what it was. It was exactly it was like that because so the Kraken wasn't gonna be that little thing. <laughs> I mean, there's just I Mark's an idiot. That's yeah. again wet behind the ears. Watch a fucking movie, Mark. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and then something I saw that I am now paying attention to things like this more closely is like it's just like a kind of like a throwaway line, but Cecil wants his team to decode what the kraken was screaming i don't know if
0: you yes, thought that. that was that was interesting because even when the the kraken triggers the sound and even mark immediately is like what is like that's like he makes a comedy like this sound as if he remembers it or it like was familiar to him yeah and then at the very end again cecil's like we're gonna try and decode this and
1: Which opens the door for like whatever it is, like it's going to come back as something relevant for Cecil because Cecil's always gaining something from every single one of these. To me, as a first time watcher, just it really meant nothing. I mean,
0: like we're supposed to understand that the Kraken made a noise and it's gotten the attention of everyone, but I I, don't even imagine what it could be. But I was thinking like maybe they'd use it to like summon other Krakens, but then that Kraken would have had other Krakens there, you know, like I just. Maybe it was speaking. Maybe it was legitimately just like saying something like these Atlanteans. Maybe it was saying like these Atlanteans
1: are evil Are evil.
0: (laughs) And like, I'm the one being chained, slaved here, you know?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I just, I wrote that down. I don't have any guesses, but that's going to, that's going to come back. But Uh then also like while this conversation is happening, Donald says like, starts asking questions like, why is Debbie like confused? I'm here. So that's going to be more for later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we're pretty much, we're almost there. A couple of cool things happen here, which I've been hoping to see is finally the appearance of the lizard League. They've that been, they've so been talked odd. about like seven yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> um, And Cecil, basically everybody that's ever talked about them has been, shitting on them like the saying like they're media. just yeah they're literally they're worse than the villain of the week they're just like the the weakest thing like they don't even usually send the guardians they always after are tr- them.
0: they're trending on social media because they're just so lame joke, yeah.
1: yeah and cecil says like we're gonna send the guardians it should be fine because king lizard's been in a prison cell like the head of the lizard league he's been caught this whole confrontation happens and the shapesmith is there who is the martian that we were talking about earlier he gets involved finally in this scene like he comes back like he's trying to make his martian man moment happened now uh and then yeah a couple of other things like debbie's just again she has a couple of scenes she's just losing her shit like the wine and the cabinet like I, I i don't even want to talk about like that yeah. stuff and she's, yeah. like, she's just it's losing her shit so it's going to culminate in something and it's got to be sooner because it's starting to get like where are we going peak, with this yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. i feel yeah. like it's at the peak of her anger but my only comment i guess is the alternate dimension lizard league i guess is why we got that clip of the guard just about this like guardians of gedolkin what are they called
1: the guardians
0: like the the mortal aquarius uh war woman remember that's yeah like the, we, they're not called the guardians of the globe guardians of the globe that's what it is yeah. I, I was just I, I just kept thinking guardians of Godolkin, but <laughs> why show us the guardians of the globe fighting the lizard league in a different timeline like i know you're talking the one that you're referring to is the one that we saw where yeah. you know we just kind of wiped the the, the floor clean with the Lizard League, but we do get that other scene.
1: Wait, are you talking about when the Supreme Lizard rallies the troops at the end, or is that mm-hmm. that's ours? This is yeah, that's ours. And the
0: one I'm talking about is like the Guardians of the Globe are legitimately fighting the Lizard League. Like there's the Lizard yeah, Prince, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Omni Man yeah. shows up, and he's like, "Oh, you got like a new suit," and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah he's yeah. like, "Oh, I just got a tailored. Apparently, the big thing is like everyone wears their letter on their stomach." And I, and Immortals like, "Oh, is that what that is? This big eye on my stomach." Was that not a flashback? To Dude, how like, the car, how the lizard. I, I, at first, I thought it was a flashback, but then I, again, we're on this whole multiverse thing, and it's just like, what if that was like a multiverse that I think it's like a little bit like, behind? I
1: think he was saying like Omni Man was wearing the all white Viltrumite suit until that moment.
0: But why Why did they show us that scene?
1: I think it was also partly showing that the leaders of the lizard league are just like in shambles without King Lear. I don't know. Now that you're saying that, you're making me question all this. I might have been overthinking because again, at first value
0: I thought it was a flashback but then I kind of was on the thought of just like is this just an alternate timeline because they were calling their leader Lizard Prince and Lizard Queen like it was Lizard Queen for them Lizard Prince and then in our universe it was Lizard King.
1: Well King Lizard shows back King up. Lizard King Lizard, King lizard but shows like, up at the end to su- to supplant Supreme Lizard who wasn't being able to rally the lizard League. The only thing I had was just that there's that kid lizard
0: in that one. Yeah. And then the the queen it's Queen Lizard. So it's not King Lizard, it's Queen Lizard. So that's the only reason why I'm kind of thinking like it's not our timeline. Like Damn, maybe it's now a, I don't. I'm not. Oh, I'm I'm totally to unsure. Think. I might be overthinking this. But if it was a flashback, I'm, I apologize for wasting so much time. But my I guess my only take from that was that maybe they show us this timeline of of like our world, but just like it's a little bit farther behind, or maybe in this one, like Omni Man is actually good. Who knows? But and
1: then my takeaway, which is different, and either could be right. We'll mm-hmm. get back to you on our next recording is that the purpose was to show how irrelevant Lizard League is and then King Lizard shows back up. Okay. So like I think they're now going to be a force next episode. I was also like half watching while working so there might have been like
0: the intro to that scene sure. that kind of just like that went over my head maybe.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's that. The two more scenes we have to get through before we get to the epilogue scene is just the bringing back uh Shape aka the Martian back to the Guardian's hideout and we kind of get his we we see the flash of his origin story kind of connecting back to season one. Like he was part of that whole Martian thing. Seems to be like he's going to be a big part of the story going forward. Uh, so I don't think there's anything really to add to there. Cool. So the last scene, which I was wondering where Angstrom was this whole episode. This is a phenomenal scene. This is where Angstrom actually goes to a different timeline where Mark was captured. And he starts asking him questions before like the guards can come in. And the whole purpose of this scene is we finally get an answer to a potential weakness to the Viltrumites. He finds out that in that timeline where Mark is captured, the people killed Man through the use of experimental quantum bombs. And I think the whole purpose of that scene was just so now he has that knowledge that he can now kill Mark in the main timeline. And fuck yeah. Like let's, let's add some tension to the Viltrumites because they're just too invincible. And I like that there's something here that at least the supervillain's gonna have access to that could potentially kill our guy.
0: Do you think uh at the beginning of episode one, when it's the alternate timeline of Omni Man and Mark, remember how they hand robot that purple like serum and they, sh- they- he loads it into his gun and fires it at Omni Man? Yeah. Like they're kind of like talking about like uh, if there's anything in this world that can kill Omni-Man, it's got to be this. So like, it's probably some, that's definitely like going to be
1: planning for the idea that people, they're all, obviously yeah, so guessing was like a quantum weapon. Tried to kill Omni-Man and mm-hmm. Mark when they're attacking him So some of them were successful. So
0: it's crazy that we got an answer to Omni-Man now though. And, but only angstrom knows it. So I don't know how, yeah, it's helpful. good that Cecil
1: doesn't know it. I think Yeah, I think <laughs> for so. now, for now,
0: <laughs> until Cecil fig- yeah. figures out his shit.
1: that's fucking it man dude this this show is just i'm ready to go man i want i'm i think angstrom's gonna have another next episode will be another big like background plot moving angstrom thing and then i think we're gonna start having a real confrontation by four or five and also i'm pretty sure omni man will be back by mid season two is what i would guess as just a way to like reintroduce jk simmons to the story Mm -hmm. but
0: we like everything we talked about like there's just so many little things that we have to get through now this season like Just to recap everything, we have Angstrom, we have Donald, we have, you know, Invincible, like all these different timelines and everything. Wizard
1: League, we got the the Kraken, if that matters, like, yeah.
0: There's just so much that these two episodes provided us. Like, they actually, so much. It's crazy. And when I'm thinking back on it, it's like, did we really watch only two hours of content? Like, they just jammed it all in there and it didn't feel like anything was left out. Didn't feel like anything was rushed. Everything was just as is and was perfect, honestly.
1: Yeah, this was a fucking banger start to season two. Um, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Did I remember seeing like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb opened it up? Like, check real quick. Either way, it's just it's this is gonna be the season that makes it even more mainstream than it already is. Like people love Invincible. Mm -hmm. I love Invincible. I'm telling everybody I I know to watch it. Like this is and I'm I i do not know if it has a season three green light yet, but like it's just like this, it's just so it's just so great. Like I have no complaints yet and i'm just ready to watch the next two and thankfully we have the screeners from amazon shout out amazon so we will be watching episode three and four soon
0: what is it uh was episode season one eight or ten i honestly am kind of blank i want to say it's eight Uh, i want to say eight too so and i feel like for shows like this you know episode four the midway point is always something that's just going to hit different and i I personally would love to see Omni Man make his appearance in episode four. So,
1: and yeah, season two of Invincible on Rotten Tomatoes 100% critics, 91% uh, audience and critics get access to i guess i guess early but either way like people love this show and for good reasons and we haven't even had omni-man who's like to me the backbone of the show in this season yet like the only like there's one or two complaints that you have about the show
0: and they're just like stupid things like amber stinks and And rex and rex's (laughs) voice stinks like like, plot wise am i saying any complaints no but that's going to be it for today's coverage guys of amazon primes um invincible if you like what you heard, give Town TV a follow on all of our social media platforms at Town TV X, Insta, YouTube, the works. Be sure to join our growing Discord. We absolutely love chatting with everybody, and it is an absolute blast getting your guys's feedbacks, opinions, and theories on whatever shows that we're covering. So please keep joining and hounding us with information. We absolutely love it. And lastly, um, for our entire podcast catalog of episodes and coverages and shows, all that galore, check out bingetowntv.com. And if you haven't heard it enough, once again, we are Town TV. And thanks for listening. We are invincible. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.